welcome to Inside Parliament. It's a weekly catch-up about the political stories that we've been covering on One News, and we're coming to you from the legendary TVNZ Beehive studio at Parliament. I'm Benedict Collins. And I'm Jessica Much Mackay. Hey, now this week we're going to kick off with our uh, pits and our peaks. Now strap yourself in here, Jess has been raging about this one all week in the office. What's your pit? The thing that has annoyed me most this week is the guy who climbed onto the Len Lai sculpture. And it... And yes, it's not a political story, but we live in Wellington, I see the sculpture all the time. And it just really, really irks me that someone was arrogant enough to go on, climb on it, break it, break this beautiful piece of art. We're so lucky to live in a city like Wellington that has art everywhere. I can see you laughing at me and not taking this seriously, but it really, really irks me. Then he has the gall to go out and get a PR person um, instead of just fronting up and posts on Snapchat about his gym workout that day. It just, everything about that story really, really bugs me and taking away this beautiful thing that other people enjoy all the time and you're still laughing and still not well, taking it, this seriously. It just absolutely enraged a lot of people, I think, yeah. his actions. I did think it was funny that you know he hires a PR company but then runs away from our reporter and and camera and won't talk to them. Yeah, um, and he's just a guy on the like he's a normal guy on the street. But you don't think it was kind of begging to be climbed on? No, I do not think it was begging to be climbed on. It's a piece of art. You go out in it was a metal people, pole which yeah, sprays water. Yeah, but but it's art, and it's do not go on this. Like I just think if I'd been there, I would have been yelling at him to get off it. Like it just it, see you're not. I still don't feel like you appreciate this enough. It just. When you live away from Wellington, I think it makes you appreciate the beautiful city that we have. And just the fact that someone thinks that they're, them having a fun, I'm going to climb up on this and be really smart. And it's, it's $300,000. And now, even though it's being taken care of through insurance, the ratepayers of Wellington will end up paying for it. I just it, Everything about it bugged me. And it might, it might be um, subdued to see, but I think he's been charged. He has, yeah. But I don't... Do you think there's any intention on his behalf to have broken the thing? Do you think he's just climbing on it? Yes, there was intention. To, it was a thin kebab stick, and he climbed on it and broke a it. A three hundred thousand dollar kebab stick. Yeah, but mm. but what did he think was going to happen? Like ridiculous. It's outrageous. Anyway, what was your pit? Anyway, oh, mine's slightly different level. I <laughs> I thought the the pit of the week, you know, pretty um. Oh, what's the word that I'm searching for? Disturbing, you know, the climate change report that came mm. out this week that showed, you know, we're, we're facing, you know, enormous environmental sort of catastrophe. In not 100 or 200 years away, they were saying, you know, if, it could be, you know, 22 years away that we're starting to face enormous sort of environmental consequences there. Uh, for me, it was a bit of, you know, a wake-up call and they're saying everyone has a part to play. So I was, you know, sort of thinking about, you know, what, what sort of things I could do. It was interesting earlier this week, um, I was at a, at a conference where James Shaw was speaking and he, he was saying um, when it comes to New Zealand doing it, but for, um, uh, you know, for climate change, basically he was saying <clears throat> we love our cars in, in New Zealand, we love our you know, second-hand bangers from J- Japan and stuff like that. Uh, but he was saying basically <clears throat> what the government needs p- people to do is half the population, the next car that they buy needs to be electric. And he's saying, and for the other half of the population, not the next car, but the car after that needs to be electric for us to, um, you know, really try and bring down our emissions. So I, I have been looking at uh, Nissan Leafs on uh, Trade Me 
this week and, and uh, telling us yeah. about it. This, that would yeah. be very exciting if you got that. We can include that in the podcast, perhaps a little segment yes, yes. of your new car. Um, <laughs> yeah. But perhaps my low of the week wouldn't be a problem in 20 years because there probably won't there'll probably be risen so much in the waterfront that that Len Lai statue won't even be there. So that's right. There you go. Yeah. 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 So that's just low, low for yeah. all of us, really. And how about a peak? Oh, highlight? so my highlight this week. So. Um, let me get to it, but there was the um, taxpayer union came and did a stunt at Parliament and gave out um, golden pigs to people they thought would be the most wasteful spending. Not real pigs, statues of pigs, I should clarify. Oscar style. My favourite bit was the response to that. So Shane Jones got the biggest pig, biggest golden pig. He was gifted it as being the most wasteful spender, um, according to the taxpayer union. And this was his response from his spokesperson when asked about it. We're pleased to see this discredited right-wing troll giving further publicity to the coalition government's popular and innovative provincial growth fund, which has been welcomed by regional New Zealand. And I just thought, bit of banter. They were both making fun of each other. And I don't know, just a nice, fun, light side of politics. And I'm glad that Shane Jones waded in with a little bit of sense of humour. It was good. Yeah, yeah. For me, I think uh, highlight this week um, went over to the Wairarapa for a um, uh, prime minister and the uh, agriculture minister headed over there to sort of see firsthand from some farmers about how they're coping um, uh, with mycoplasma bovis. Um, interesting sort of story that we went there for. The couple had bought their farm just two and a half years ago. Have been really careful around what stock they were bringing out once they were aware of mycoplasma bovis, but basically accidentally brought on some cattle that did have the disease so they're just starting out as farmers bang all their cattle 400 cattle get taken off and you know cull immediately and they were trying to put their you know get their farm back on track and stuff like that and they're going through the compensation process but it was quite good because we had the prime minister and the minister there and um the farmers were really nervous i think about talking to the media and they've given yeah. us a statement which doesn't work so well on tv mm. um and we sort of managed to coax them to say a few words and then I said, so how do you think the government's been tracking on, you know, how do you think they've been handling the mycoplasma bovis? And there was this awkward silence for about crickets, five seconds. Crickets, yeah, yeah. tumbleweed, and, tumbleweed. And, um, just to say, oh, you can be honest. And, and then he sort of said, you know, he thought MPI had been pretty damned hopeless um, for a lot of what they were, for, for what they've been through. So, yeah. We do I, like I, a I good awkward that. moment. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I survived the car trip over the Rumataka Hill with um, our camera camerawoman Scarlet Wild. Yeah, uh, she's going to put you out of focus now. So yeah, the yeah. number one rule is don't <laughs> anger the camera operator. Yeah. That's the number one key. So, so two highlights there. <laughs> yeah. So shall we? another story that we looked into this week was um, Treasury, the government, opening the books. So let's yeah. have a look at that. Mycoplasma bovis outbreak, an expensive natural disaster, and the effects of a tit-for-tat global trade war. All rainy day scenarios the finance minister says he's saving up for. It is important to me that we continue to manage our accounts in such a way that we are resilient. The government has opened its books and revealed a tidy pile of cash. The surplus is $5.5 billion. That's $2.4 billion better than forecast in this year's budget. It's because of some one-off savings, but also because of a bigger-than-expected tax take. The government collected $80 billion, up 6% on last year. 
So what about some tax cuts? So I'm not taking anything on or off the table today. I'm saying that we are asking the tax working group to provide us with an option that gives us a better balanced tax system. They should stop piling on the taxes. They should get rid of the, the various ones they've put on since the election. And actually I think it shows why they're so wrong not to be having the $1,000 tax cuts that National put there for hard-working Kiwis. Teachers also want a piece of the pie. They're in negotiations right now. We've been told in the past that there is no money and now what we see is that there is a significant surplus. We have made an offer to teachers that we believe is an appropriate offer. Um, it's a half a billion dollar offer. This is a political tightrope for the Finance Minister. He's got to live up to the promises and expectations set by Labour during the last election. But he's also got to prove that he's a responsible manager of the New Zealand economy and has prepared us for any future turbulence. And with cash to spare, there'll be no shortage of people vying for the finance minister's attention. So this was really the first test for Grant Robertson. You open up the books, you see where we're at. We went in and we had the lock-up there from 11 till 1 and we get time to pour over the documents and then the minister comes in and does his, does his speech. So it's his first kind of test and mm. what it showed there is that he has a big surplus. Now, yep, some of those are one-offs, so um, they have to, that has to be taken to, into account. But it shows he's got a lot of money to play. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, actually. <laughs> yeah, he might appreciate that. But, you know, he has a lot of yeah. money to play with. Yeah. And he's got all of these demands on them for the moment, most glaringly mm. from teachers and who are, who are still negotiating, saying, hang on a second, you have a huge surplus. Um, and nurses who have just negotiated and they were told there was no more money. And now he's got this pile of cash to play with. So I guess the next question for a lot of people sitting at home is like, oh, what about some tax cuts then? So it raises good news, but then it raises all sorts of problems for him because how is he going to spend this? Yeah, I, I guess good problems though, to, yeah. to have, like, could be worse. Yeah. And I think also, um, you know, a bigger tack line from National against Labor is also always, you know, they wouldn't be sound economic managers, they wouldn't be able to run the economy properly. I mean, so, I mean, they're probably pretty happy having an extra big surplus. But we also saw um, this week uh, James Shaw, um, co-leader of the Green Party, come out and say, hey, hey, look, we do have this surplus and it's time to start, you know, putting it into the initiatives that we want to fund properly. So, yeah, so you're right, big surplus, but now the extra demands on, you know, how to spend it. Yeah, and I guess that's the the thing for the Finance Minister. National are saying, well, look, the fact that you reversed our tax cuts now seems like you didn't really need to. You still had that mm. money there. So it does, I think it does give um, National a bit of a line. They can say, oh, you know, got the excise tax going on. Um, we've got the... Um, you reverse the tax cuts, blah, 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 blah. And I think people sitting at home cooking their stir-fry, watching the news, will think, oh, I could actually really do with an extra 50 bucks um, in my pay packet. Do you know what I mean? So I think that for them it gives them a little bit more fodder. Grant Robertson, of course, will be arguing that we need to put money aside for the rainy day. And it's a classic yeah. thing for all of us And we're looking at our budgets. How much do we put aside as savings? How much do we um, spend? What do we need to put in to keep things running and operating? So mm. um, it... Yeah, but I guess it's his, as his first check, he'll be he'll be happy with that. Um, so yeah, I think for Grant Robertson, some some good stuff there. But speaking of taxes, um, petrol and how much the government takes 
out of that piece of out of the price that we pay at the pump um, was also a big hot topic of conversation this week. So let's have a look at that story. Kiwis are feeling the pain at the petrol pump. I went from filling up costing me about $80 and I noticed last week it was almost 100 bucks. Well, it just makes life pretty tough and especially for people with kids in the school holidays. They start catching train or bus. Petrol's gone up 39 cents in the last year and pressure is building. Nearly 10,000 have signed up to a boycott later in the month and 50,000 have signed an online petition venting frustration. The cost is rising because of the increased price of crude oil, the declining dollar and the extra excise tax and regional fuel tax. The Prime Minister says tax only makes up seven cents of the 39 cent rise. I don't think that is acceptable. New Zealand consumers in my book are being fleeced. She says fuel companies have to take some of the blame. Pre-tax, as of today, we are the highest cost for fuel in the OECD and some of that cannot be explained. The government will rush legislation through Parliament to give the Commerce Commission more power so it can force petrol companies to hand over information. But we won't see these changes for a few months and that doesn't help motorists who are feeling the pressure right now. Petrol companies say that's not down to them. Zed says it operates in a high-cost, low-margin industry. Mobile's view, it's a balancing act to ensure the long-term viability of our business. Gull says it's been operating here for 20 years and takes a smaller chunk of the pie than anyone else. And BP and others strongly support and welcome giving more power to the Commerce Commission. National says it would ditch the fuel tax. Pretty simple, and that is stop the taxes. Um, don't put new pile on new ones. Meanwhile, still piling up, the cost of the school holiday road trip. I mean, this is a story that's just yeah, dominating conversations everywhere you sort of go about the, the price of petrol. Uh, just going up and up, uh, sort of non-stop. I mean, it's crazy in Wellington, isn't it? I think 245 now around where I live. You're, yeah. you're paying for 91. And when you're noticing it. You know, I find going to the petrol station a very irksome job, so I wait right until it goes down and then have to fill up the car but you know so for me I notice when the cost of the price goes up and you're noticing in the last couple of weeks you notice it's substantially more you know 20-30 bucks more to fill up your car I don't use my car heaps in Wellington um, but for people who mm. you know are filling it up a couple of times a week for their job or whatever that's a really big increase and that's when it starts to chip into essentials and food and power and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it was interesting for me, interesting to watch the, the Prime Minister on Monday come out in her weekly um, uh, post-Cabinet press conference and straight on the attack, straight, yeah, you got, you know, motorists, New Zealanders were being fleeced and pinning all the blame on the petrol companies saying, you know, th- there was no way you could explain the, you know, what was it, 39 cents it's gone in up. In the last year. In the last, yeah, in the last year and saying you couldn't account for a lot of that, Um Clearly, you know, trying to deflect the attention off these, you know, off the taxes that the government keeps putting, you know, more and more on. Was it twenty eight percent of your of the price you pay? I think in petrol, you know, straight away goes on tax, and of course they even put GST on top of the taxes, so they're taxing tax the tax. the tax, yeah. You know, um, so interesting uh, strategy there. But yeah, I think. It, and I think that's the thing. Over the weekend, I reckon people were talking about it. They were saying, "Oh, did you fill up? See what it costs yeah. to fill up the your car?" The prime minister comes in and says. 
this needs to be addressed. This is hurting um, mm. hurting the average New Zealander. We need to address that. But we need to make sure that we frame the conversation so that people know it's not just the government taxes that are putting up the price. Yeah. So she slapped back and said, right, this is the petrol companies that are absorbing most of the cost of this. But you can't take away from the fact that, yep, it's not a huge amount, but some of that is excise tax and some of that's regional tax. That's what the government has control over. They don't have control over businesses and petrol companies. They can send as many signals, put out as many um, front page and top intro lines are fleeced by the... by. Um, that petrol companies are fleecing the taxpayer as they like, but she doesn't control that. That's, they control that, that part of the tax. That's right, and and we did put that to her, and we said, well, why don't you back off on taking you know the taxes? Why don't you undo some of the last excise taxes? And she said, oh, there's no evidence that the petrol companies wouldn't just absorb that, you know, and and take the extra money money anyway. And yeah. it's like, well, there, there's no evidence that they would either, you know. And and you're right, that is the part that they control. Yeah. Um, One of the things they did find really interesting is that word fleeced, because it was we the prime minister does sort of a preamble at the beginning of postcab, and then we have the opportunity to ask questions. And the very first question that she was asked about that was her answer. Now. Um, it seemed like a very um, well-chosen word and it ended up being the first sign of our intro. I know it was the um, big headline in the Herald the next day and the yep. other newspapers and, and television networks as well. So, and when she was asked about it, she was like, oh, no, no, I just, it, I was caught up in the moment and um, I just, I, I said it. Um, but I do wonder how carefully crafted and chosen that word was because it's it's telling and it's, catchy and um, it, it was effective in what she was trying to achieve. So it is it is interesting to see how that played out. Yeah, and another thing that I thought was kind of interesting is you have the you know the Prime Minister here saying, you know, our petrol prices should be lower. They, you know, motorists are getting ripped off. We need to get the prices lower. In the climate change report we're talking had come out just before we started that, mm. you know, warning of these dire consequences. And... and on the one hand, you know, you've got the Prime Minister saying climate change is, you know, the nuclear-free moment of our generation. It's, you know, such an important issue. And then on the other hand, and I think and people have sort of talked about it this week, saying, oh, you know, we're going to keep these, you know, fossil fuel prices down. Mm. You know, sort of a bit of a, yeah, yeah. sort of wanting it both ways. Well, it might not be such a problem for you if you end up getting your that, leaf, you know. <laughs> this may be, you may be able to sit here yeah. um, very righteously as we all complain about petrol prices. Indeed. So, yeah. It's very interesting. And um, it's not a not a new matter. We, uh, no. we've got, we're going to go back into the files and have a look at uh, the story here. Getting in early before the midnight price rise of two cents a litre. It's a rip-off. It sucks. We've been had. No, I think it's terrible. In the capital, while some walked home, others taking advantage of these pump prices. Are you filling up, uh, getting in ahead of the midnight sort of deadline? Um, I was going to fill up today anyway, and I hadn't got round to it, and then when I heard it was going up, I thought I'd probably better. You mm. disappointed it's gone up? Um, not really, no. No, it's just, that's how it is. So you're just taking the opportunity to fill up before it goes up in price? Yes, I am. What do you think of it going up in price? Oh, I don't really think it's a very good idea, but we can't do much about it, can we? And work stopped this afternoon for these Wellington construction workers and extended smoko to take in the budget. Welfare dependency damages individuals. And unhappy with the price hike for cigarettes and petrol. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrendous. Is it going to stop you smoking? Oh, probably not, no. No. Some say it's a good thing. Yeah, keep it up. Another 50 cents next year, I reckon. These mothers visiting their local Wellington Plunkett Centre with strong views too. The petrol price rise will 
counteract to a certain extent the the tax cuts. The cigarette issue, I feel that just increasing the price is not going to help. I think people will still smoke. The price of petrol and cigarettes goes up in just over two hours from now. Yeah, so, I mean, very similar sort of story back a couple yeah. of, you know, what, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, 20 years ago. Tw- uh, yeah, Duncan tw- Garner did that story <laughs> yeah, and he tw- might not 20, be well pleased 20, with that 30. 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, um, same sort of thing though, but petrol prices are a lot lower back then, eh? Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. that's that's the thing that you wonder in a couple of years, whether, it, sorry, in a couple of decades, whether people will be watching that story that I did this week thinking, oh, they don't know how lucky yeah. they had it. <laughs> when or, petrol's at $6 a litre yeah, or something. Yeah, or how ridiculous that they paid that and didn't have electric cars back then. You know what I mean? It'll be yeah. interesting. This next, the next two decades... I think we'll see a transformation one way or the other. But, oh, under a dollar for petrol, that would have been mm. nice, eh? That yeah. would have been really good. Um, the other thing that's been bubbling around as well that we've been waiting with bated breath for this week has been National's leak um, report as well. So that's due out that we were told either this week or next week. So we're still waiting for that. And it's hard for Simon Bridges with this because the longer this drags on for it's just this big cloud hanging over him. And... It almost seems like it's 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 waiting and and seeing what will happen out of that, and you can't do a huge amount until that happens. Yeah, and I think you know in our in our podcast last week we talked sort of at length about the um, you know sort of amazing train wreck of a press conference where he had announced Jamie Lee Ross was um, stepping down for personal health reasons, and then over the weekend it was interesting. A lot of sort of commentators and stuff saying, you know, it wasn't the first time Simon Bridges had, had, you know, misstepped and they were starting to question whether his leadership um, was at threat. Um, But, but yeah, it was interesting to see those comments come out, especially when you look at National. I mean, he's held them so steady in the polls. Um, We haven't polled for a while now, but, you know, he held them pretty much steady where... Bill English had had them and, and John Key before that, you know, in the, in the mid forties. I mean, you'd be you'd be a brave party to roll a leader, and and who, I, di- who didn't want to go. Yeah, know. but I guess the other, I mean, mm. definitely doesn't want to go, does he? No. But as, as, <laughs> as opposed to English, you know, yeah, yeah, who, who yeah. decided, hey, my time's yeah, up, yeah. and Key who did the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think in this, it, he hasn't had the chance to be a strong leader on it, and the yeah. opportunities he has had, um, perhaps haven't worked out so quite so well for him, but. The chance to show leadership will be when this report comes back and depending on the outcome, depending on which course of action you take. But this is, it's going to be a, he's probably not going to have a whole lot of time between getting the report back and having to say something publicly and he's going to have to make some some pretty big calls to be decisive and to um, show that strength um, and, and, mm. and be able to prove that he's leadership material. So um, Yeah, but I think it would depend on... Who, and that's who, who it is who's done it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good chance it was a staff member or something. No one's going to care. Yeah, but he still has to come out and act decisively. And I think that this has been such a messy few weeks that he's got to do something to kind of steady the ship a bit. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I almost feel exhausted with going through all the options that it could be mm. and and what it could be. But I now we just sort of have to hurry up and wait. Yeah, what's the thinking now? Maybe later this week or next week? Is that the... I think there's a chance, there's a slim chance it could be this week, yeah. um, but probably more likely to be next week. Um, that, I, if National gets it in the next couple of days, I think they'll be pretty keen 
to take the heat out of it when it's recess and when all the MPs are away. Next week, of course, they come back and we're all on again and, and there's a lot more access to MPs on in our regular media opportunities. So I think they'll be um, very keen to to time that well. And they'll have to move quickly so it doesn't get leaked before they can oh. announce it as well, right? Yeah, a leak into a leak into a leak. That'd be great. Yes. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> Do you want to read it or shall no, I read you it? Go for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's great to have you. We, we miss Mikey, can you tell? Um, it's great to have you with us on Inside Parliament. It's our weekly catch up of the political stories we've been chatting about and covering on One News. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's available every Thursday evening on the One News Facebook page. And check us out on your favourite podcasting app. Thanks for being with us. Yeah.